be honest, when we first met or early in our marriage, um, now that we're both wise, this is all, you know, <laughs> yeah, well right. in our rear view mirror back in the olden <laughs> days, but were some of the things that both of us brought into the relationship, we were both foolish. There was Absolutely. some foolishness. I mean, we were teenagers, so there's just folly in yeah, teenage you just years. Start there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we weren't necessarily desiring wisdom either. We were just um, allowing each other to remain foolish in different areas. You were a believer. I was an unbeliever, but I would say we were both foolish. Yeah. That's where we started. I wasn't walking with Jesus closely because I wasn't making decisions according to his best for me. So I would say, and you, you can disagree, I was more moral than you, but you were the believer. I had selective morality. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty moral, but there were some definitely twisted areas that I, I had issues with. But we both, I would say we both had that. All right. Well, howdy. Mark and Grace here with the uh, Real Marriage Podcast. We did Wise, Foolish, and Evil, Three Kinds of People. And this is the final episode. If you missed the other ones, you can go back and catch them. And this one is on six kinds of relationships. And what we're talking about is... As you enter into the new year, you look at yourself, your relationship, your marriage, maybe relatives, in-laws, outlaws, family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, you treat different people differently and they decide how you treat them based upon their behavior. So Grace, honey, we're going to get into uh, six kinds of relationships. Uh, the first is the evil in the evil. Let's say you got two people, they're just bad people, dangerous relationship, what kind of relationship do you have with two people that are evil? And every couple knows some other couple. You're like, they are not the kind of people we want to hang out with. But how hard is it when they're relatives or coworkers or neighbors? Well, first of all, you don't have a relationship with them. And if they're family, I give you permission to not have a relationship with them if they're evil. And your Be name is? Grace. Grace. And you just said you gave them permission to... End a relationship with evil people. Because evil people are aligned with the enemy. And Jesus warns us about that and says, when the enemy's around, we need to flee from him. So just like that, if they're being empowered by the enemy and their actions and their way of life, we need to flee from that. Now we can pray for them that things would change. We can offer, if they want resources of counselors or anything like that, we can offer that. But to engage in a relationship and put ourselves in harm's way with evil people is unwise. And we talked about the wise person. And so we want to do what's wise in our relationships. So again, three kinds of people, wise, foolish, and evil, six kinds of relationships. The second one, an evil person with a foolish person leads to an abusive relationship because the evil person takes advantage of, hurts and harms the person that's more foolish. How do you handle a relationship if, let's say you're even, uh, you're in a relationship with a family member, or maybe it's one of the kids that you're raising, or your daughter's in the teen years and she's dating the wrong guy. How do you handle a situation where it's an evil person with a foolish person? Again, you don't engage in that. You put up a lot of boundaries. Um, I was in one of those relationships in high school and was manipulated and um, basically treated as if I can't leave it, but God always gives us a way out. Now that I look back, I can see those things. But in the moment, it was hard because when you're being manipulated by the evil person and you're foolish, you somehow think things are just going to change without you stepping out of it. 
um, that is not the case. And so, and sometimes in our marriage, the thing that causes a lot of problems is there may be an evil family member. Somebody is dangerous. Sometimes they've been abusive. Uh, they're they're addicted. Uh, something of that nature, sort or kind. And when you were younger, <clears throat> you had to endure it or put up with it. And then when you get older, sometimes you, you're around your family system and you almost default back to your old role. Mm-hmm. So you can be 35 years old and you're hanging out with maybe family or friends and all of a sudden you're 15 again mm-hmm. and you're back to the old role and it's back to the old system. And if that's you, yeah, we want to give you permission, be wise, and you don't have to continue in that kind of abusive relationship. You know it's an abusive relationship when it's always I win, you lose, mm-hmm. uh, you give, I take. And uh, and also, um, there's only one way benefit in the relationship, mm-hmm. you know. And what happens is if you're an evil person with an abuse, an abusive relationship with a foolish person, the foolish person will take responsibility for the abuse. Yeah. Well, you know, they yelled at me because I made them mad or they hit me because, you know, I did the wrong thing. And you're taking responsibility for their behavior. That's how, you know, it's an abusive relationship. And sometimes we have these with extended family and those become... Or marriage. And in marriage. And so if you're in a marriage and you're with somebody who's foolish, you know, how do you grow in wisdom? If you're with somebody that's evil, let's say they are abusing you and or the children, just because you're married to them doesn't mean that that behavior is acceptable or you need to work around it. You probably need to get some professional help. Absolutely. So third one, two foolish people, um, codependent. This is the dumb and dumber relationship. (laughs) These are the people that they drink together, they have fun together, they get in trouble together, they go to Vegas together, they overextend their credit cards together. They Um, condone each other's foolish behavior. So be honest, when we first met or early in our marriage, um, now that we're both wise, so this is all, you know, <laughs> yeah, well right. in our rear view mirror back in the <laughs> olden days, but were some of the things that both of us brought into the relationship, we were both foolish. There was Absolutely. some foolishness. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we both, I mean, we were teenagers, so there's just folly in yeah, teenagers. Yeah, you just start there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we weren't necessarily desiring wisdom either. We were just um, allowing each other to remain foolish in different areas. Um, I was engaging in drinking alcohol and, you know, just foolish relationships with friends and um, unaware of guys and just kind of naivety and folly. Um, And then when we met, I was foolish to start dating you because you weren't a believer. And (laughs) I should have sought wisdom and broken up with you. But we, so you were a believer. I was an unbeliever, but I would say we were both foolish. Yeah. That's where we started. I wasn't walking with Jesus closely because I wasn't making decisions according to his best for me. So I would say, and you, you can disagree, I was more moral than you, but you were the believer. I had selective morality. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty moral, but there were some definitely twisted areas that I, I had issues with. But we both, I would say we both had that. Yeah, because you would have fake ID. Mm-hmm. And if somebody upset me, I would punch them. But my justification was always... <laughs> they upset you. They upset me and they deserved it. So I was, you know, well, ministering to them. You know, fake ID, the government shouldn't have, you know, the, the place shouldn't be allowed to be open, right? Yeah, no, it was I'm a the, victim. You're a victim. I walked by and got a victim. Okay, so let's do this. I never asked this question. I knew you had a fake ID when we were dating in high school. We were both foolish. Where did you get the fake ID? I don't know if I ever asked that. Downtown. We went and had it made. Like yeah, just, just a store that we went in and they made fake ID. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> okay. That, that's what the pastor's daughter was doing? <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, so uh, how about uh, foolish? It was wrong. It was wrong. Okay, but but we all start in marriage or in our relationship, we start even in dating, with some foolishness. Absolutely. With some foolishness. And sometimes our foolishness collides and we've got kind of a codependent, unhealthy relationship. Mm-hmm. We're not helping one another get out of the foolishness. We just sort of enable one another in the foolishness. And if we don't want to change, <clears throat> then we especially enable each other because then we don't have to change. So these are couples that, yeah, they kind of cover for each other, mm-hmm. but they're not really improving one another. Okay, number four, a foolish person and a wise person is more like a parental relationship. One's the adult, one's the child more. So explain what that looks like in a marriage when either the the husband or the wife is more like the, the wise, responsible one. The spouse is like the foolish, irresponsible one. It becomes more of a parental relationship. Yeah, I mean, scripturally, the story of Nabal probably... Yeah, Tom's story, Nabal. His name means idiot in the Old Testament Hebrew. <laughs> um, but I see, I usually see, I think the examples I think of are more the wife is the parental and the husband is the child kind of thing. I've seen more of those examples than the reverse. Um, and the the wife is very belittling of the husband. Treats him like dis- one of the kids. Very disrespectful. Um does not honor him in any way and shows it, whether it's words or actions. I mean, you've seen examples where, it, you know, the wife puts the husband on the chore chart with the kids. So I'll tell that story. So this was the uh, foolish and wise parental relationship. This is the best illustration I've got. Um, moral of the story is never invite your pastor to your house. That's the moral <laughs> of the story. So somebody invited, this was years ago when I was young and had bangs and hope. It was a long time ago. But um, somebody invited uh, over to the house and I go in and on the fridge, they get kids, a bunch of little kids. There's a chore chart. And then there's like, you know, gold star stickers, like Monday, Tuesday, Tommy took out the trash and, you know, Johnny made his bed. And on the chore chart was all the kids and the dad was on the chore chart on the fridge. And uh, the dad didn't have hardly any gold stars. Uh, So he was really underperforming. And I looked over, I was like, what's the deal with the chore chart? And she said, well, he doesn't help around here and I can't really depend on him. So if he's going to act like one of the kids, I'm going to treat him like one of the kids. That's sad. Well, I'm sure that their intimacy was off the charts. Oh, <clears throat> I'm sure that that no, was... that would be weird. Yeah, that would be super weird. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at him, I was like, sir, you do know you're a grown man. I mean, yeah. this is your house. Yeah. But he had acted irresponsibly and she flipped the mom switch yep. on him and became his mother. Yeah. But no woman ultimately wants to do that, but they give in to that when they feel like nothing's going to change or when they're not trusting the Lord to change things. And so they become the responsible, seemingly responsible, but totally ungodly person in the relationship. But then dad sometimes turns into the really fun one. Mm -hmm. And he's like the crazy, he turns into the crazy big brother of the kids. Mm -hmm. And then he stops parenting. He stops leading. Yeah, Disneyland dad. Yeah, he's just Mm -hmm. kind of good time Gary is what he is. And then mom, it it actually snowballs. It actually gets worse. Oh, absolutely. Is Can a woman be attracted to a man that she doesn't respect and she thinks is foolish and irresponsible? Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty rare. It's kind of like, can a husband be attracted to a woman that's unloving? And nagging. It's pretty hard. Yeah. But it takes God changing each of those people. Um, it's possible. Absolutely. But they, they need to change. So a parental relationship is not a marital relationship. No. And at some point, 
uh, you know, the one who's kind of the responsible one, they get very embittered mm-hmm. and, resentful. and resentful. And as you add kids and responsibilities and needs, they're more frustrated. And then the one who is less responsible and feels more like they're one of the kids or being parented, uh, they become very resentful. Uh, they become very distant mm-hmm. and they find the relationship really unattractive. Yeah. And what happens then is it deteriorates because then you're not having emotional, physical, spiritual intimacy as peers. Um, it's a it's a, it's an it's an ineffective, unhealthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's actually quite common, and I think sometimes people that are Christians they'll get attracted to somebody who's foolish and needy. They'll think that it's a ministry to help them. And it's kind of cute until you're married mm-hmm. and then you need them to catch up and grow up. And then when you add kids, it becomes a crisis because you're like, I need help with the kids. I don't need you to be one of the kids. Right. And if they, people are in their best behavior when they're dating. And so if you feel like you're having to pick up after them, I'm talking about like in every way of their life, when you're dating, then it will not get better. You're not going to be able to fix them in marriage. You want to get into a relationship that's helping you both become stronger, challenging you in good ways and walking with Jesus. But if it's not, then you're going to be enabling each other in one way or another. And it's you'll get just disgusted with each other eventually. Next one, number five, a wise person and an evil person that's a distant relationship. Mm-hmm. The wise person says there's boundaries, there's consequences, and the evil person is going to continually try and cross those boundaries or test those boundaries. Mm-hmm. So if you're wanting to grow in wisdom, if either of you has in your relational orbit somebody who's evil, they're dangerous. Maybe maybe this is an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or an ex-husband or wife or somebody at work that's very flirtatious and out of line or a, a relative that is just not well. They're mentally unwell, they're addicted, abusive, whatever the case may be, dangerous, demanding, domineering, those kinds of things. Any relationship that is in your orbit as a couple with an evil person Wisdom dictates that both of you set some really hard boundaries and consequences and that you both maintain them. Mm-hmm. So what happens if there is an evil person that's in the orbit of the marriage and one person maintains the boundaries and the consequences and the other does not? They're going to get hurt and harmed. Yeah, because at that point it feels like, man, you are siding with them against me mm-hmm. and we need to be aligned as one to protect our marriage and relationship. But this is where sometimes people will manipulate or family members will find their way in Mm -hmm. and they'll cause division. And Jesus says, you know, a house divided can't stand. Unless you stand together, you're gonna you're gonna fall apart. That's just the way it works. You can't be one united in marriage is one if one of you is evil and one of you is wise. So is it okay for the husband and wife to have the line item veto on who is evil? In their relationships, is it okay for the husband to say, honey, I don't, that gal, I don't like her. I don't trust her. Mm-hmm. Is it okay for the wife to say, uh, sweetheart, that man, your your buddy, mm-hmm. I don't feel good about that. I don't trust him. Yeah, I mean, those need to be careful and, and kind, honest conversations, but those are important because we are sometimes blind to people that maybe we enjoy um, in a relationship. And so the spouse can certainly needs to speak into that. If that person is not healthy for them or not building their marriage, you know, with them, it, yeah, they should be able to have a, 
a veto on that. And even if you don't agree, maybe you're like, well, I, you think they're bad. I don't think they're that bad. The point is the marriage relationship is the priority relationship. Mm -hmm. And so if the other relationship needs to get boundaries and consequences to preserve the integrity of the marriage relationship, that has to be the first priority. And I think you said during the evil you know, episode, you talked about um, if someone's, like if your spouse is saying that about everyone, Obviously, they're jaded and have some issues. Yeah, they're just bitter and yeah. they need help. But if there's certain people that they're like, mm, I just don't have a right feeling about this person, then you need to, at the very least, consider that and pray about it and be willing to, to you know, divide that relationship. If it's costing you, like you're saying, unity in your marriage, then absolutely you shouldn't be in that. Because oftentimes in a marriage, one person is more discerning than the other. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and sometimes one is more discerning and the other is more trusting. Yeah, we've had that. Can any examples come to mind? Yeah. I mean, there was a couple early on that was older than us that you really thought they'd be great and helpful in the ministry. And I we met with them and I said, there's something off with that wife. Just some of the comments, certain ways she carried herself and... The more we got into it, um, you didn't agree with me in the beginning, um, but I spoke up about it and we just kept praying through it. And the more we watched, we saw all the red flags starting to come out and they were they were evil working together. And yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And so sometimes it, you don't have to both start with agreement, but you start by listening to your spouse, praying together yep. and see if you don't come to agreement. Yep. So three kinds of people, wise, foolish, and evil, six kinds of relationships. Um, two evil people, an evil person and a foolish person, two foolish people, a foolish person and a wise person, a wise person, evil person. We'll end with a little bit of hope here in episode four. Uh, two wise people, a wise person plus a wise person. That's a safe, loving, healthy, godly relationship. And that's what everyone should be working toward if we are Christians and married. And oftentimes in marriage, we're trying to figure out who's going to win rather than who's going to be wise. Mm -hmm. Or in an argument, who's right versus who's going to be wise. Or who's going to be in charge versus mm -hmm. who's going to be wise. So what we want to do for the health of your marriage, we want to pivot your focus. And maybe it's not been this way. What would wisdom dictate? What would be the wise thing to learn? What would be the wise thing to say? What would be the wise thing to do? What would be the wise thing to change? And we all get into these relational struggles and ruts where you just fire up the carnival music and drive around the cul-de-sac. Mm -hmm. There's certain issues that we don't talk about, or when we do talk about them, they just blow up and we go nowhere because we either act foolishly or or in a way that's evil. Mm -hmm. And so the question is now, how do we avoid those grenades with the pins pulled in the relationship, but how do we address them in a way that is wise so that we don't blow up there or get stuck there, but we can move forward together. Mm -hmm. And we all start foolish and all of us has areas in our life that are foolishness, but the goal would be, how do we both pursue wisdom? And the Bible says, he who walks with the wise grows wise. Mm -hmm. And so what we want for your marriage is walk together as wise people. Mm -hmm. and walk with the spirit of wisdom and walk with Jesus, who is all wisdom, and, and surround yourself with wise people. So in closing, babies, we're, we're wrapping up this little four-part series on relationships. What can people do as a couple to increase their wisdom? Well, I think, you know, listening to podcasts on EXO, <laughs> marriage is important. Any respected Bible teachers that you know of um, that get you in the word, that get you walking closer to Jesus, knowing God and and bring you closer together um, are things that you should be doing on a regular basis, not just when 
hard stuff comes up. Like if you are walking to pursue wisdom regularly, when stuff blows up, it won't be as big of a deal. You'll know what to do. You'll have wisdom already in your ammunition box to use. You'll have tools. Um, and so, you know, reading the Bible, being um, studious in the word of God, being in Christian community where there's healthy relationships to watch and learn from or ask people for wisdom, um, being in prayer, the Holy Spirit imparts wisdom and discernment to us um, so that we can know what to do as we have um hard stuff come up in our relationships. Those are all ways of pursuing wisdom. And we need to be doing that regularly. And we would encourage you, keep your eyes open, look for people that have wisdom mm -hmm. and, and ask them, you know, what can we learn? And get some time observing them. Knowledge is what you know. Wisdom is what you do with what you know. That's right. And the big problem in our educational system is it really values knowledge, but not wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so people know how to pass tests, but they don't know how to live lives. Mm -hmm. And so you can graduate, you know, with a master's degree and not know how to balance your checkbook, how to eat a healthy meal, or how to resolve a conflict. Yeah. You know, but, but, but you can get a college scholarship because your IQ is high. And you feel really smart because knowledge puffs up. But if you don't do anything with the knowledge, you just keep getting puffier. <laughs> Puffy people. <laughs> so within that, um, we would ask you as a couple, um, don't judge your spouse. Don't look at your spouse and don't say, boy, this is a really good episode for you. <laughs> this is a really good episode for you. But look at yourself and ask, you know, am, do I incline more toward wise, foolish, or evil? Mm -hmm. And are there any areas in my life that I incline toward wisdom? Maybe God has imparted some insight there. Are there any areas that I incline toward foolishness? I really need to mature there. I need to learn some things. I need to change some things there. Are there any things in me that honestly, if I'm totally honest, can be evil or gravitate toward evil? Um, and if so, it's repenting of the evil and it's rejecting uh, the foolishness, and then it's receiving wisdom to start a new course. That's right. And I think one of the most beautiful things in a spouse is when you see that they're pursuing wisdom. They're still trying to learn. They're still trying to grow. They're still willing to change. They're, they're not settled in a rut and saying, well, this is the way I am. You're going to need to work around me. Mm -hmm. But I want to continue to be the best possible version of me by God's grace. And as you're married to me every year, I want you to get a better version of me. Mm, that's right. That's good. Um, and so it's looking for wisdom wherever it may be found. But oftentimes it's found in people. Yeah. Yep. That are walking with Jesus. That are walking with Jesus because those who walk with the wise grow wise. And those who are walking with Jesus grow in wisdom. Absolutely. And so we would then encourage you as a couple, look at your personal and then also your couple relationships and say, are there any evil people that we need to reset the relationships mm -hmm. with? Mm -hmm. Are there any foolish people that we love, but we need to set boundaries and consequences with? And is there any wise people that we need to make more time and energy to learn from them, to glean from them so that we can grow in wisdom? Yeah. Um, are there any areas in our relationship when we get into those, one or both of us turns evil or one or both of us turns foolish? Mm -hmm. And how can we pursue wisdom together? What does wisdom look like? And one of the things that wisdom does, it takes those very sensitive sensitive, delicate, explosive issues, and it talks about how to talk about them before you talk about them. Yeah, yeah it's good. It's saying, rather than talking about whatever the issue is, let's talk about how we're going to talk about the issue. Mm -hmm. And then wisdom sets up the parameters for the conversation to work through, through some resolution so it just doesn't explode in some yeah. fight. Yeah. And we had some of those issues for years. Yes. That we would avoid those issues. Um, 
because we'd start getting foolish and then over time maybe double down and get evil and attack and, you know, get self-righteous. And we didn't do a good job of having the talk about how to have the talk. Mm -hmm. And okay, what are the rules? How do we pray? Yeah. How are we going to respond? You know, how are we going to work this through? And so, you know, it's not that um, wise people don't have issues. They deal with them differently than evil people and foolish people do. And they work through them rather than making them worse, they make them better. Yeah. Any final thoughts on growing in wisdom? Prayer, Again, scripture, yeah, people. Yeah, just keep pursuing it constantly and go to God first for it and ask the Lord to provide opportunities for to grow in wisdom for you, and he will. What do you think? Uh, you, could be, you could be maybe a little bit honest. Don't be too honest. Mm -hmm. um, it's a real marriage podcast, but we don't want it to be really real. <laughs> um, the one area for you that you've had to put the most energy into to grow in wisdom for the sake of the marriage. I mean, I think receiving God's forgiveness, first of all, for me was an area that I thought everybody else got it, but I didn't deserve it. And I don't deserve it, but God still gave it and I need to receive it. Um, and then being willing to not get defensive when people address things in my life um, and receive that and be humble enough to receive and not get hard-hearted um, has been something I've had to really grow in wisdom in because if people care enough to talk to me about something, then I want to receive that. Yeah, for me, I would say forgiveness. Would, mm -hmm. It took some years. I could understand God forgave me, but then I had a very hard time sharing that gift with others. I didn't mind receiving that gift, mm -hmm. but I had a hard time sharing that yeah. gift. Mm -hmm. And I know for many years, I would keep a record of wrongs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Bible says in Corinthians that love doesn't keep a record of wrongs, but I would. Mm -hmm. So anytime you, you know, when we'd have certain arguments or fights, it wasn't like we were starting there. I would go back to the beginning and lay out the case. Mm -hmm. And so I was a case builder. Mm -hmm. So I'd be like, okay, we're just adding this to the file. Here's the next page mm -hmm. in the book. And for you, it felt utterly hopeless because um, I, I would say, um, you know, it's like you're already starting at a deficit mm -hmm. and it's just waiting for another failure to add to the narrative. Yeah. And so for me, that was foolishness that then led to evil because the way it mm. felt for you was you're living in an environment where there's not forgiveness, there's not grace, mm. and there's not permission to be imperfect, which creates a a real sense of hopelessness, but also anxiety. Like, mm. I've got to get everything right. Otherwise, we're going to revisit everything up until this point and then add this to the list. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I apologize for that. Mm, um, and... Uh, and we would just encourage you, what does wisdom look like for you? What does wisdom look like for you in your relationship with God, in your relationship with your spouse, in your relationship with your kids, if you have them, your relationship with your friends, your relationship with your extended family? Mm -hmm. And to take as much energy as you possibly can, invest it in becoming wise and investing in wise people. And uh, as Grace said, we give you permission with certain people. You can either end the relationship or have some strong boundaries and consequences around it for the sake of wisdom and health. Mm -hmm. Would you be willing to close our little four-part episode for them, best friend? Yeah, absolutely. Dear Lord, thank you that you give us categories of relationships in the word that you show us even in Proverbs, wise, foolish, and evil, and that that's a warning so that we don't have to get caught up in those unhealthy relationships. So Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom in our relationships um, outside of marriage and inside of marriage so that we are building our oneness in marriage and working toward a deeper relationship with 
you at the center. Lord, I just pray that you would guard these couples that are listening and help them be able to have healthy conversations about this, not to get defensive, but to trust you to walk them through even in the hard decisions. And Lord, just watch over them and help them learn what it looks like to be one with you first and then with each other in Jesus' name, amen.